Hello and welcome to a time of edification with Caruso Ministry. Get ready to be edified and equipped to edify others. Ready? Let's begin. Second chapter 2 from verse 1. He says, Thou therefore, my son, he says, be strong in the grace that is in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He says, The things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit unto faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now look at verse 3, and this is where it gets interesting. He says, Thou therefore, in fact, let's read this together. Second chapter 2 and verse 3. Everybody wants to go. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, Endure hardness. Say endure hardness. Endure hardness. So listen, a part of the work of ministry is enduring hardness. And you see, you have to have a tough skin as a minister of the gospel. You need to. You need to. You need to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Listen, but notice he didn't say hardship. He says hardness. There's a very different so he's not saying go and suffer. Do you understand? He's just saying be tough. Do you understand my point? Be tough. When when things are good, no problem. When things are not so good, no problem. Are we together, guys? Be tough. Preach in season. Preach the word in season and out of season. Are we together, guys? When it looks like it, no problem. When it doesn't look like it, no problem. You do the work. Amen. Shoulders up, heads high. Nothing. And some of you need to learn this. I don't know. See, let me tell you. One of the signs, and I, and, and I think these days, I mean, God is correcting me some of those things, and I'm going to be very much more loud about it. All right? There are certain things that, as a minister, you must learn how to rub on people. And that's culture. Amen. You can't follow me. I don't have a thick skin. Ask people that are close to me. My friends. Or even my, my friends. The closest persons to me. One thing they would always tell you about me. I don't give up easy. Amen. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't give up easy. It's just, it's just a part of me. Are we together? I don't. And I don't. I, I'm not soft. You can't be soft as a minister of the gospel. Do you my point? You can, you, can, you can be in tune with your emotions, alright, and be empathetic with people. But you must also have the ability to, you know, stand on God's word and do it despite, no matter what. Are we together, guys? And that's something that, listen, it's a culture you must imbibe. In fact, it's a culture I'm going to consciously imbibe in you people. You must be tough. Don't just say, and, if, and it even shows sometimes in, when I talk to some of you, how are you? Sir, I'm just, you are, you are, have you seen me talk? Listen, he bad as he bad, you cannot know. Amen? He asked me, how is I'm fine, I'm doing good, I'm doing great. Amen? Doesn't mean everything's going on great, I'm doing good. That's it, it's toughness. Do you understand my point? You know, because you went to, because you went to preach to your disciples, then maybe, you know, you already prepared that sermon. Listen, you already planned the two of them. You sit down like this, I'll teach like this. The two of them don't show. <sighs> the entire body. Being you. I begin to even wonder. Did God even send me? <sighs> Did God even call me? Ah, no. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll go for outreach. So use that anger to preach to people. You, know, you preach to like 10 people that day. Say you that I caught. That word that I did not use on somebody, I will use it on you. Amen. Hallelujah. That's it. Depends from toughness. Just now, so, so, sometimes for some of you, is the things that God has told you you're going to do. So I just call you. Hello, what's up? How is this thing going? You know, you're even sounding safe about it. You're sounding like... Is, like do you think it was going to come easy? Do you, you think the devil would just look at you and say, mm, you want to change life, Abby? That's so cute. Take. 
thank you, God. It doesn't work like that. Hallelujah. It says endure hardness as a good soldier. So you're not enjoying hardness because you're a soldier, but there's something you're not getting right. You are getting it right as you're enjoying hardness. In fact, chances are if you're not enjoying hardness, you're not getting it right. Someone said something that moved me seriously. He said, most likely, he said, if you've never collided with the devil, he said, chances are you're moving on the same lane. Eh? Eh? And it's true. If both of you are walking side by side, why are you colliding for? It's the truth. If you've never had the reason to stand up to the devil and look him in the eyes and say certain things, ah, chances are you guys are walking together. He's like holding your hands in the park. That's it. Chances are that's what's happening. Just, you know, just holding yourselves together, moving around, shining seats, spirit husband. <laughs> you know, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. The, you, I've told you guys this before. The work of me, she's a fight. You are fighting every single time. You know, every time I wake up in the morning, it's, that's the killer. That's the work. Do you understand my point? That's fight. You see, every notice, look at it. See, the moment you look at it this way, it changes your mindset to certain things. Every time when you call your disciple, it's a fight. The devil wants to snatch that person from your hand. You don't, you don't take discipleship like he's. You don't take it over your you, you don't do it like it's another work. Ah, the devil is after the same thing you're after. Do you understand? You don't let it go. Some of you wonder why I'll call you today. I'll call you next week. I'll... I cannot let you go. The devil is after you too. Do you understand it? So I cannot let you go. I must be on your matter. That's the work of ministry. It's hard. It's work. You think it's, you think it's every day when I call you, I feel like talking to you. There are days when I don't feel like talking to anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody, but I will still call. And with all the attitude you are giving me on the phone, I will still ask you. Shay, you think, I don't know. Shay, you think when you, when you are giving attitude of nine, you think I don't know. Or I don't feel it. You think it's nice to pay me too. It's a pain person now. Ah, me. Hey, you are just giving me attitude. Just, now, wow. If I was on my own now, who would give me attitude? Call you. Now, some, some of you will use style and sob me sometimes. Sometimes you want to solve. I will, I will ask you to call. Just that sometimes make you even feel like who send you? Is you are you the only person? Even though, even though I will call. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you see, is you think it's you that it's not you. It's the devil. The devil is trying to get you. Does it? I had a conversation with one of you. Just just in this week, I called him. I just said, we're we're, we're talking. We're already talking. I just said, how is your prayer life? He just laughed. He just laughed. Why? Because he was struggling in prayer. He just, all of a sudden, he just laughed. He said, he said, even yesterday, I did not pray. I said, good. I said, so today, you are going to pray. He said, sir, we have prayer meetings this morning. I said, mm, yesterday's one, you've not prayed it. You will pray. I said, if it gets to tomorrow, you will pray the two hours. I said, today's will become two hours. Tomorrow's one, you will pray it. So you pray three hours tomorrow morning. So if you know what's good for you, pray one hour this evening and give me the report. And so that's the thing. What you don't realize, the same way I'm collecting reports from you, I'm collecting reports from other people. Now imagine, and I have a life of my own to live. It's hardness. It's a, sometimes I've not, I'm on my bed about to sleep. I just remember, I've not collected reports from this person. I went to his DM. Emoji, you've not sent your reports. That's it. That's the, it is hardness. It's hardness. So you don't listen. So that's why I talk to some of you, say, hey, this disciple Seth, I just talked to him one time. One time. One time. And the Toba asked out, you can't ask the person out one time. Persistence. Do you know how many other brothers are asking out if she's fine? And I want to believe if you're asking a girl out and your brother in this ministry, she has to be fine. Just that. So you cannot do it once. How you do it once? Say, even God, once has he spoken twice, have you heard? Just Come, yeah, even God once said it once. He answered twice. Just consistency. Amen? Amen? If you know, you know. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So that's it. It's hardness. 
there is labor. You're a soldier. See, I'm a soldier. I'm a, you're a soldier. And you see, this is the thing about soldiers. Nobody really cares what the temperament of a soldier is. Just that, you don't look at one soldier and say, this one is sanguine. It's going to be funny. Just that, because listen, you're not tapping at the back of his head. Say, because you look like you're sanguine. But sorry. <laughs> Amen? Because you see, when you see a soldier in uniform, it doesn't matter what about the soldier you've known before. It doesn't matter who the soldier was before. Only one thing matters now. That uniform. That uniform automatically tells you this person, number one, has received some kind of training. Number two, he can use that training to do and undo certain things. By certain things, I mean your leg. Your leg will shake. Are we together? And so for that reason, you respect. Do you understand? We don't, when you're a soldier, we don't care your temperament. You don't say, ah, eh, so I don't really, really, I'm not really a people's person. You think I'm a people's, you think I, you think I'm a people's person. Me, I'm talking to you, Zev. You think I'm, I'm, I'm enduring you. It's not like I really like to talk to you. See, I'm not really a people's person. I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like talking to you, but I'm talking to you. We can't always get what we want. Yeah, I know you, for God's sakes. Amen? <laughs> Uh, God, I like how I always try, and I like how you are smart, get things. He's on other place, they are too slow. I'm already raising your level of discernment. Amen. Hallelujah. But that's it. It's hardness. Amen. Are we together, guys? Expect hardness. Tell your neighbor, say, expect hardness. Expect it. That's the thing. See, the moment you expect it, it doesn't move you. Do you understand? The moment you expect it, it doesn't move you. You say it's part of it, it's part of the work. Are you with me? It's part of the work. There's no problem. Endure hardness. Enjoy it every single time. Wake up expecting it to be hard. No, now, don't get it wrong. I mean, I mean, if anybody who knows me knows, this is as regards ministry. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Life was not supposed to be hard. And I always say to you guys, I say jokingly, I say, ministry is already hard. I can make every other thing easy for myself. Are we together? Just, uh, evangelism is hard work. I would rather get to the evangelism venue inside AC. And then come down. <laughs> I rather get to the evangelism venue inside AC. And then I'll come down. I'll do the hard work. And when I'm done with the hard work, I'll enter the AC back. Amen. And go to my house. Glory to Jesus inside and under AC. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Up up Jesus. Down on Satan. Amen. Thank you. So there is the hard work. Do you understand my point? It's not for you to now make every part of your life hard because that's not another thing with some people. Because now ministry is hardness, everything must now be hard. Do you understand? You must not look like you have money. You must not this thing. You must go Calm down. Amen. Hallelujah. No. But the work is hard. And you must do it as it is. Do not make the work soft for yourself. Amen. Now say, uh, man, you say you are say, you say you are discipling somebody. You are only talking to the person once a month. Once in a month. What's that? That's not discipling. That's club meeting. That's um, can you JCI? Even JCI said meets longer than meets more than that. That's um, political party. This thing say once once in a month. And even now once in a month, when you meet yourself, it's like thirty minutes talk, and thirty minutes is catching up. You meet in Banwe. How do you think? How do you like that kind of discipleship? Meeting Banwe. How are you doing? Hope you are doing good. How is life? Then you ask your disciple, how is, how is your spiritual life? Now I'm to say, it's fine. And because you say it's fine, you say it's fine. How is your spiritual life? Do you, do you know what's inside? How is your spiritual life? How is your study of God's word? How is your prayer? Do you how is your evangelism? How is your walk in the spirit? When last have you given a word of knowledge? Do you my point? Those are questions to ask. How is your relationship? Those are important questions to ask. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? That's it. So can you guys walk? Now imagine eh, that you are doing this with five people. Amen. That's why I said before, 
patience. You cannot genuinely be training people and be running after speed. You will just kill yourself. Amen? Can you see what I'm saying now? You can't... Even for this thing I just said right now, if you are intentionally training five people, it is work. So you not say speed, 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 you run. Better calm down with patience. Do you understand my point? It's now when you've trained those people. Are we we together? You've trained them. They can now do the same thing. Just imagine, for example, now, 20 of us, you can train 20 people that they have the capacity to effectively disciple five people each. Just my point. And so, from that 20, you can have 100. Plus the 20, that's 120. That's how work spreads. Do you understand my point? That's it. Then that five, two that they have too, they can also go out and disciple. That's it. So ministry is hardness. And that's why do not forget. Second Timothy 2 3, follow Second Timothy 2 2. The things you have heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit unto faithful men. So as Paul is telling Timothy that ministry is hardness, Timothy is also telling another person that ministry is hardness. Do you understand? So it's you no know, generations of hardness in ministry. Do you understand my point? Like that, like that, like that. And look at what it now says in verse 4. Verse 4. It says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. He says, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned, except he strives lawfully. So it is work. You are a soldier. Say, I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. So toughness is required irrespective of your background. I hope you realize that there are soldiers who are very rich. They pay them well. At least um, when you get to certain levels. You can pay well. Pay very well. You have soldiers that are really rich. But you see, when soldiers wear their camel, there's only one thing you are saying. is <laughs> the camel. You don't know who is rich or the person who is not. Are we together? You don't know. You genuinely don't know. Or you, particularly when it's a Nigerian soldier that will not have that assault rifle with them. <laughs> Just that you can't even pay attention to whether their skin is fresh or not. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know. Do you understand? It's just the camel. Because, ah, you know, this one, it is about training. That's the only thing you are saying. Do you understand my point? So that's that's it. I don't care whether you have, you have money, your parents have money, you don't have money. This is, uh, to me, all of you are the same. Disciples. Do you understand my point? And you must be trained. Do you get me? Some things might differ. Some will come to the meeting with bike. Some will come to the meeting, maybe even trekking. Some will come to the meeting with a car. <clears throat> all of you, still the same thing. Training. Amen? Are we together? And it doesn't matter if all of you are going to go to the same ministry ground to go and walk. Training. Amen? Are we together? That's it. Training. The work. Labor. That's ministry. You are fighting constantly. I've told you before, the work of ministry is fighting throughout. In salvation, you are, you are snatching people from the hold of the devil. That's what you are doing in salvation. Hallelujah. In discipleship, what are you doing? You are battling with wrong ideologies that the devil has put in their mind. That's what you are doing as you are teaching the word in discipleship. Alright? As you go about healing people with the power of God, what are you doing? You are snatching their bodies from the power of the devil. You are, you are setting, setting them free of cancers. Setting them free of sicknesses. That's what you are doing as a minister of the gospel. So it's a constant fight with the devil. Listen to me. One of the ways you can know that you are backsliding as a minister of the gospel is that you are not fighting. You are not fighting with the devil. Someone said something one time. Someone said Solomon was so wise. He didn't fight any battle. No. No. Solomon was so worldly. All his enemies were his friends. All his enemies were his friends. He became... That's the, the moment you become so diplomatic in the work of ministry. Every minister is a good minister. Ah, what's in the problem? What's in the problem? Every minister cannot be a good, good minister. There's a reason why there's something called faithful minister. Meaning there can be ministers that are not faithful. Do you understand? There can be unfaithful ministers. So don't, don't, don't now become a diplomat. You want to be friends with everybody. Don't, I don't fight everybody. I don't have issues with everybody. Do you understand my point? But I know the people that are my people. 
Amen? Do you understand? That's it. Don't now become diplomat of the body of Christ. Your church has become um, this thing. When, is it, uh, when, Jesus, uh, when um, Paul was speaking about unity in the body of Christ, your church is the center of the unity. You say there's UJC and you are UJC body. Just put everybody together. <laughs> you want to see righteousness by faith? Righteousness is not by faith. Just put them together. Scatter your congregation. Don't do that. Are we together? Are we together, guys? Stay, stay where you are. Hardness, work, labor, labor, labor. Glory to Jesus. That's it, labor. Alright? And you see, you must learn not to fall into the danger of comfort. And I think I spoke about it before. It's a real thing. Don't always be in the search for comfort. Don't always be in the search for comfort. Don't always look for the easy way out. There's no easy way out. It won't help you. Don't always look for comfort. You know, if you can, if you can afford the luxury, get it. But if you cannot, go after it. Despite that. Are we together? Go after it. Go after, I've, told you, I've told you experiences before. There are meetings that we will travel for. We only have the money to go and come. The money to eat in the meeting, we don't have. But the plan was, it was as it was, we fast throughout. And for you to not have money to eat during the meeting, chances are, when you come back from the meeting, you also don't have the money to eat. But the plan was this, all I need to have, let me just go to that meeting. Bro, I don't know. Believers today, you know, when you have your put, you're just wondering, if you let it get guinea ye. It's not burning your body. Are you together? Now, if, you, if the place you are going to is not, does not have hotel, good accommodation, I can't go. You won't know. And even your house, it's not just that, but ah, you're going for Kini 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 Guest Minister Vaso. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? I can, cannot forget the meetings that we would go for. Imagine it be 4 a.m. We wake up 4 a.m., pack ourselves together, quickly have our bath so we can get to the meeting venue early enough. Meeting of maybe 8 a.m. I'm at the day, that is 6 or 6 30. See, we'll stay outside at the door. As they are opening the door like this, we are pushing ourselves inside to go and sit down in front. But now, you know, and you see those, you see, see it's um, exuberance. See, it's youthful exuberance because you, you are mature and you've seen more. You've seen life. You know, because of the extent of um, experience you now have in the work of ministry, Paul is receiving advice from you. You understand? So, those things are those youthful exuberance. It doesn't really matter whether you are at the front or you are at the back. It's the ministry of the Spirit. It will meet you everywhere. Only around here. You don't, you don't know anything. Are we together? You don't know. There are certain things you hold on to. They, they, that, that's the thing. I don't. I don't have conversations with people about certain things. Just I don't. I don't. I don't put it to you for your suggestion. There's some things that we don't discuss about. For example, there's someone very important in my life who you know wasn't very open to the idea of me always traveling down to Ilefe for meetings and stuff like that. All right. And this is the thing. And now because the person is older, I couldn't tell the person that this is not your jurisdiction to talk about. But I already knew in my heart. And with time, the person caught, caught the hold of it. Now, the person now understands now. Do you understand? So, with time, it will change from, don't go, don't go to, okay, so, Paolo Shimawanlo, she trained Lumatek, Abika, please make sure you leave early. Because, there, there are discussions, I'm not even open to you. Do you understand about it? It's not a discussion about both of us. Do you get my point? I respect you, I respect, and you have a place in my life. Your jurisdiction, I also know it. But it's not this one. Did you get my point? That's it. You must have it, things like that. Just uh, my friends know. You don't call me and we are discussing Caruso ministries. You're my friend, not a ministry partner. Just, uh, there are places where you know you have your place. 
you enter the year now, you're not going to enter here. And because you're around, we're not saying, ah, let's welcome. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a dear friend of the ministry. It's like, you, just, uh, you see that like every other person. You hear the word like every other person. And when we are done, hope of Jesus and Satan will greet you. If, if we really, you know, really, really appreciate your work, after the service, after we are done with the teaching, we'll say, you know, we have somebody here and then you clap for him and that's all. Glory to God. Amen. It's not this thing. You are my friend. This is the ministry. Amen. You know now look at my ministry and say, ah, there are things I think you should have. Even whether it's by the Holy Ghost, you will tell the Holy Ghost to tell me. Amen. Hallelujah. Can say, ah, that's so much nice. It's not that deep. That's my own. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the danger of comfort. Don't always go after comfort. Don't always go after comfort. It sounds like I'm, it sounds like comfort is the girl's name, and I'm saying don't always go after her. <laughs> but yeah, don't always go after comfort, right? Be ready to go through toughness sometimes. Ready to go through toughness. You understand? It's not every time when you should you know, want to just enjoy luxury. Don't always... And that's the thing. If you always go after comfort, you have an explanation. As I said before, don't always be the one that wants to sit down when we are praying. And you have an explanation for why sitting down is not a kidney. You understand? Or be the person that always wants to... You always want to knee down. You always want to put your body on the wall. So that now I can shake my head more now. I can be more fervent. No. Yeah, we don't sit down. Do you understand my point? Yeah, we don't sit Say, ah, is that in the world? We created our own world. We don't sit down here. You will pace around. That's it. You don't like it or you don't. There's no problem. There are a lot of places where God is blessing people. You can also be blessed there. There are places where they even have to rally. Come collect. Amen? But if you are in this place, there's a way things are done. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen? That's it. That's it. Don't always look for the easy way out. See, ah, do we always have to teach for long? Can't we have break? In the break, we we'll now share meat pie. Meat pie and uh, Fanta. Just, uh, just something to keep people active. Just my point. Let's just give them some side attractions. Just my point. We don't do that. Well, well the side attraction part, no <laughs> problem. If you have the money, and you, and you feel led in your heart to give us every meeting, ah, gladly, you can be giving us every meeting. If I if the rest serve, I can pack it home. Just as the shepherd of the body, no problem. But, but that we will now say, ah, what you said is true. We now call Sheung. Say, how much do we have there? Let's just bring out some. Let's be doing. It. Now they are doing this, more people will be coming. Amen. No, stick with the work. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That's it. Amen. So avoid the danger of comfort. Do the work of ministry hard. Some people can even travel for a meeting. Can't travel for a meeting with boss. If it's not car, they can't come. Or if it's not boats, they can't go to the venue. Has to be boss. <laughs> hey God. You know, let me just say something. And this is by the way. See, live particularly as a young person, learn to live below your means. Learn to live below your means. When I have a what's the word? I have a mantra financially. And it is when people actually find out what you have, they must always be shocked. And they must be shocked in the sense that, you mean this person has this much? That's it. Just that. But if the, but for some of you, it's shocked, but the other way. <laughs> like when they see how much the packaging is, they not find, ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> what are these things? No. Hallelujah. Let's always be that way. Look at me. I always like it. Just look at it. Amen. That's it. For your sake. Amen. Because all these people that you are forming this thing with, 
If it's if everything spoil, there's nobody. Amen. Hallelujah. There's no okay. And you go back to the house of those same parents you never bought a gift for. Hallelujah. I've said it before. Everybody in this ministry must at least at one point or the other buy something for their parents and give them. And you must be benchmarking and passing it. You must look at the last gift you give them and say, okay, this is this. As much as, of course, the Lord blesses you too. You look at this and say, okay, this is what I gave to you last. This next one can be more. Amen? Because at the end of the day, all right, after your church family, they are the next. Are we together, guys? After everything spoiled. In fact, if you attend a terrible church, the church is not going to be there for you. You will go back to the house of those parents that you were treating terribly. And it's what they, they've been eating since you eat with them. Amen? Hallelujah! Selah. So, have sense. Right? Have sense. But said before, be ready to... So, why did I say what I just said now? When, if you are still earning, even if you are earning 500k eh, in Lagos, don't be carrying boats up and down. You're not in the league of people to be carrying boats up and down. Particularly when you're working, it's a different thing if you work remotely. So when you just go out, maybe once a while, maybe max, twice a week. You can take boats, just a max. That means maybe max, you just spend 10k. Do you understand? In a week, that's fine. So that's maybe about 40k on transportation in a month. No problem. You should already say, imagine, just twice a week. Oh. Then you're not earning 500k in a month. Every time when you go to office, Monday to Friday, go and come. Boats. Ah. You don't sink. Hey, you will know. But yeah, <laughs> you know, don't don't do that. Are we together? Live below your means. Maybe because of now, if it's maybe cooking, I can understand because of work, you might very likely not be able to cook. But as much as you can too, try to so weekend cook. Except your job cannot allow you to. Or better still, do what some people do: get your younger ones to stay with you. Put one younger person with. <laughs> Amen. As it, are we together? Don't now be doing kini up and down. Or best of all, if you even want to go to restaurants, Chicken Republic, Refer Park, Refer Max. Amen. As it, I'm I'm telling you facts because at the end of the day, you realize you see people, you're ending because the truth. Okay, yeah, we can say. It's, there's, there's inflation and everything is expensive and so on and so forth, alright? But we also need to have conversation around the fact that we have a generation that is heavily, heavily luxurious. Unnecessarily wasteful. Unnecessarily. Whether you like it or not, unless you have a job that can sustain it, there is no reason why you are using a phone worth 700k and you are on a salary of 100 or less than 200k. No matter how you want to say it, unless you have something useful you are using it for, is the truth. Is the truth. And there are certain conversations that, well, it's always harder to have in person. So you just oftentimes not say anything about it. But it's the truth. It's genuinely the truth. Do you understand? It's, you, there's some things you just don't need. It's the truth. Alright? That's it. Okay? Don't, don't... Let me just stop there. Don't let me move on from there. Alright? So that's it. Spend money on more important things. A lot of us, at our age, our parents already had land. If you have been honest with yourself, a lot of our parents already had houses before they were 40. Look at the way your life is currently. I'm not insulting you or anything. We believe in the miraculous power of God. We believe in God's power to meet needs and stuff like that. But tell yourself the honest truth. 
with the way things are going, do you really think you can get the land in the next three years with this your current spending habits? You have no single investment. All your investments is crypto. <laughs> and the crypto gone is shit coins. You know, when you hear the way they talk about investment, you think it's one sensible thing that this thing. See, I saw one meme, one very terrible meme. See, <laughs> my boyfriend has a stable income. <laughs> and then the, the boyfriend was everything, um, this thing. Um, I just, um, how did you do this? That airdrop link you just sent. <laughs> I already clicked on it. Send the next one. For those that don't understand crypto, you can already understand what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is investments. Just my points. If you are earning like 500k a month, I always say it. At the same time, so there's also this, and, and I wish I spoke about it when we talk about money. When you're earning 500k a month and you just are earning it, you are very different from somebody who has been earning 500k a month for four years or for three years. Your purchasing capacity is not the same. And also, what you can buy is different from what you can afford. Do you understand me? Someone who is using who has a salary of five hundred k can buy a phone of four hundred fifty k, but he cannot afford it. Do you understand my point? Exactly. Someone earning five hundred k, unless extremely necessary, eh, your salary, your two month salary, or worst case scenario, three month salary must be able to pay your rent. Do you understand me? You can't be earning five hundred k and be living in a house of four million. You kill yourself. Do you get me? Do you understand my point? So, it's because at the same time, you say, yeah, want to go to Lagos, want to go to Lagos, no problem. But, see, it's not bad if when you come to Lagos, you can't stay in Agege. Do you understand? Stay in Agege first. Stay in Agege first. Stay there, stay there. Where maybe your rent and per annum will not be more than maybe 150 or 200k. Stay there first and be working on the island. Do it for one year, Max. Do you understand? When, when you've had enough money, hopefully you'd have gotten a promotion or you've gotten a better job or you get to work remotely or something like that. Do you understand my point? Start small. But you see this, you want comfort, you want luxury. At what age? At what age? And that's the thing. If people hear this now, say, he's trying to say, you know, these are people that are promoting survival culture. What's my own? If you like, say survival or not. I know, I know how my life is. I know this thing. So I don't need to argue with you. Alright? But these are conversations we need to have. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So don't just always and that this now has of course a lot to do with ministry. Because see, anybody who is unnecessarily wasteful in their personal lives cannot endure the hardness of ministry. And that's just the truth. Hallelujah. You just can't. It's just the truth. If you always try to look, there are certain things that you must learn to deprive yourself of. Not because of anything. You just intentionally deprive yourself of it. Personally, it's one of the things that when I see that there's something I really want and my mind is on it again and again and again, I just personally decide not to get it immediately. I will just wait. I'll just wait. Things can't afford to control me. I can't afford to be under the pressure to get anything. Do you understand my point? I can't be. Sometimes I just intentionally just decide to wait. Don't put my mind on it. When I say that I'm always after, like, ah, unnecessarily, my mind is always on something. Something, ah, you know, they know. Do you understand my point? Those, those are habits and cultures you must learn to have as a minister of the gospel. All right, let's continue. <coughs> so as I said before, we are at war. All right, and as I said, as I've told you also, the person that we are at war with is the God of this age. And what is the primary tool of our warfare? It's the word. It's the word. Second Corinthians chapter ten, from verse four to five. 
since the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination, and every eye thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It says, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so you see, we are warring by the word. Second Corinthians 4, from verse 3 to 4. It says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost or who are without. It says, whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine in them. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So our main object of the battle is the word. Amen. Hallelujah. And remember what I said before, the devil doesn't play nice. He doesn't play good. He has no rules. He has no dignity. Do you understand? He has no honor. He doesn't play. He's ready to backstab. Just like it's when you're fighting somebody that has honor, you'll be saying, you know, um, when, you know, all those funny movies, maybe the gun, maybe one of them lost the, the gun fell from his hand. Then the other person too, is supposed to shoot. You will not know. I throw the gun. That'd be like, it can't be me. Shoot you up. <laughs> throw all the guns around. What's my own? See that? Yes, sir. So, the devil has no honor. Do you understand my point? The devil doesn't say, um, I'm only going to face this person if you do one round. I'm going to do one round. Do you understand my point? So, if you talk to the person once, I'm going to come to and, and try to influence the person once. And then I'm going to go. Do you understand my point? No. That's not how the devil works. As you are preaching to that person... Alright, that one person you want to get saved, as you are talking to him, as he's leaving the front of you, alright, the devil is putting like up to 16 different influences in place to influence him negatively. So, as he's leaving you there, the next thing he hears is a song that says, uh, maybe, I want to lower, I want to lola, I want to la la fia. And uh, uh, say, if you don't get money, I your face or something like that. Ah, that one, two things about What is Jesus? Let me get money. And then, as he's leaving there, YouTube notification, pam pam exposed church scandal so as you just know, church scandal and then look at it, yeah all these pastors safe now wow even this one we just follow me talk safe if you say can you? let me tell you something very funny evangelism last week saturday i met this guy the is a gateman on my streets no gateman on my street he's one of the security guys of the estates and i was and so i, I went to preach to him and he said something extremely funny he said ah, i think you be old boy I am joking. I'm not like he said. I just say, and I wonder what about me? Because first of all, I don't even have a car yet. Just my point. I I don't even go out. I don't go. I don't. That day I was wearing palm, black Caruso t-shirts, jeans. Nothing. This thing. Maybe perfume. I don't know. And he said, I just say, be out. So you be pastor. So it is. This thing like this. And why is this thing I'm a pastor? Because I was preaching. Yeah, so you be pastor like this. Ah. If I was on point, no, okay. So as on point, when I was done talking to him, say, ah, pastor go fit you, motivational speaker go fit you. You sabi or this skinny, this thing talk. I'm telling you, that's how bad things have become. Are we together, guys? That's how bad things have become. All right. So imagine the mindset. So he believes every young guy that seems to be doing well. Because he doesn't even know if I'm hungry. How do you know I'm not hungry? He doesn't even but any young person that seems to be doing well is Yahoo. So that not made me realize. First of all, do you, do you know how many people are thinking that way? Number one, do you know how many people? It and for him to have said that, of course, he has confirmed his bias. So you also, do you know also know how many young people who be staying in that estate who are actually that way? Are we together, guys? So imagine. So imagine now. I just preached to that guy. Just, that was even the mindset you already had before. Let's say I even did my best to actually convince him and teach him from God's word and everything. As I'm living there, then the devil uses. The what, what what does the Bible call it? Deceitfulness of riches, the affairs of this world, the cares of this world. 
the same person that I just told him, you know what? It doesn't matter if you don't have much, you have eternal life and everything. And he, he was so excited. You know, I even talked, I spoke about him in my WhatsApp status. He was excited, he was happy. He was telling me, thank you very much, you know, so on and so forth. And then as I leave there, the reality of the fact that he doesn't know what he's going to eat in the evening comes at him again. Do you understand? And then me that I said, so on and so forth, you see, whoa. Now, because that guy don't chop well. Do you understand? One guy know they catch up. Now, why they talk, what's in the talk? And because to make things worse, we have churches that make you think that the reason you are poor is because there's something you are doing wrong. Do you understand my point? That makes you think that there's something you are doing wrong. So the entirety of the person's prayer life is bordered around these problems. Do you understand? Pray to have money, pray to this. And now he prays and prays and prays and nothing is happening. So he believes God is his scam. And in fact, what pastors are doing is that they are using the church as a money-making scheme. Are we together, guys? And you know, I always say this jokingly anyways, that for people that who say that, you know, it's easy to be a pastor so that you can make money, open your own. Just open it. There's no problem. A lot more churches are closing down than you know. Oh, a lot of churches are closing faster than you know. Scandals, money, whatever, so on and so forth. A lot of reasons. Churches are closing down here and there. Are we together? So that money thing is trash. But that's it, by the way. What I'm trying to let you see is the devil doesn't play fair. Do you understand me? He's after the same thing you are after. And he doesn't play nice. He doesn't pity you. He's going after it with everything he has. And you, you know, what I'm going to even show you very soon is, the way the devil also works is, not just is he going after the same thing you are after, as he's going after what you are after, all right, he's also going after the ones you already have. Are we together, guys? So as he's going after a free and a fallow land, he's going after a land that is already occupied. So you must constantly know we are at war. We are at war. That's the truth. We are at war. And you see, one of the greatest or the biggest issues that a man can ever have is to be at war and not know. Are we together, guys? The worst thing that can ever happen to you is to be at war without you knowing. And that's why one of the greatest military strategies is stealth. Stealth. The ability to, you know, hide in plain sight and wreak havoc to your enemy is one of the greatest things you can have. But you see, it's as though the church today, we don't know we are at war. Hallelujah. And you see, it doesn't matter. Listen to this. It doesn't matter how beautiful a country is. If their military is compromised, it's only a matter of time. Hallelujah. You know, one of the things that make for a great nation is their security. Is their military. Are we together, guys? It doesn't matter how fine or nice or how stable their economy is. The moment your military is compromised, it's just a matter of time. You're done for. Hallelujah. And so imagine that as a church, do you realize our primary, do you even realize that our primary instruction, our primary responsibility is the war? Do you realize when Jesus was from the dead, that's all he told us to do. Can you imagine? All he told us to do upon his resurrection was to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that one thing that he told us to do is the least thing we are doing. Do you realize that everything we do in the church is supposed to be to the end that we go out and preach? That's what our prayer is for. That's what our study is for. Are we together? That's what our giving is for. That's what we are training people for. We are following things of the spirit. That's the whole point. To train you so that when you go out, you can do it effectively. And the most important thing that God actually told us to do, we are not doing it. And we are excelling at everything else. And we are feeling ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Say we are at war. We are at war. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And you see, a part of the war is not just the war itself. A part of the war is even failing to realize that you are at war. 
So the devil is doing. So that's the thing you need to realize. Oftentimes, it's not like we are not busy. It's that we are busy doing something else. So it gives us a false sense of priority. Ah, these are the more important things to do. Do this instead. These are the more important things to do. Spend time with this instead. And the most important things are not being done. The most important things are not, are not being done. Alright? And you see, one of the greatest tools the devil will use in these last days, particularly among young folks, is the legitimate pursuit of survival. Legitimate pursuit of survival. You see, let me say something. And it's been on my mind for a very long time. And it's a very dicey thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. You know, right now, there's the Jackpot Fever going on. Jackpot Fever. And what's even, I mean, we, I hope you realize we've not even seen the most of it. We're just going to see it because this is just September. So we will be resuming now. All right. But now the point is this, is that do you realize the fact that we have a mass emigration of people from Nigeria, including Christians, and yet nothing has changed in the spiritual climate of those places? Absolutely nothing. There's a problem. There's a problem. And, and I'm going to say this respectfully. I know, I mean, I've not done so much in the work, but I'm going to say, and because of is this platform, I can't say it in public. Listen, even for the churches, churches that we say have their branches over there, a bulk of the people there are Nigerians. So it's just a change in location. Just, uh, they are not winning new grounds. They are not. Amen? Hallelujah. It's the truth. So, see, we need to sit down and tell ourselves there is a problem. The fact that you have people, every time when someone comes to meet, you know, you just hear, I want to jack or something like that. The last question you would ever hear anybody ask is, what church will you attend when you go there? What church? What's the spiritual atmosphere of that place? Okay, let's not even say church. What gathering of believers do they have that you can be a part of? I was talking to a friend of mine telling me about one, a church that he's attending because he doesn't have a choice. There's no other church he's attending there. And then he's telling me they sacked their music pastor. Sacked him. Like sacked him out of the church as per the recruits. And so they paid them salary. And so, I mean, of course, when you're not doing as well as you should, because he posted something on Instagram, they sacked him. First of all, everything about it sounded weird. First of all, a music minister in a church should be trained by the church. You don't get somebody from anywhere. Do you understand my point? He will sing what is antagonist to what the pastor is saying. When the pastor of God doesn't have doctrine, he's teaching everything as he feels like. Just, he just comes on the pulpit and says, you know, I woke up this morning and then I saw a light. And then he just, you know, he just led my heart to this verse. In the beginning was the word. In the and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And I said, wow. So, brethren, it don't matter what the problem is. Tell, tell the other there's a beginning. And God is going to say, let there be light. Let there be light. And then you hear, woo, woo, pastor, pastor, preacher, pastor. Ah, thank you, my in law. And that's the reason why homosexuality and all the likes will be thriving. And that's why you have believers there without spine. I have no spine to talk. Of course, particularly when you're even scared that you deport you. You know what? No, no. Ah, when you're thinking, ah, hey, you're going to have conversation with someone, you're not going to have conversation. You say verbal assault. One case in the court, you're deported. Amen? These are conversations we need to have. And so now, you are traveling, no question. So that, that my friend, for example, when he told me, I said, the fact that number one, they are even requesting a pastor. Number two, music pastor. Number two, the fact that somebody else 
and you think what you are supposed to do is to sack and get the person out. It shows you a church that doesn't have priority of souls. Why they are more concerned is public image. That is a brother that had. What do you do? Of course, maybe you can put him away from responsibility. But you don't send that kind of person out of the church. You, but it's a business transaction to them. Do you understand? That's it. That's it. And I spoke, I looked at him. Ah. I looked at him. Ah. I, I didn't want to say it, but ah, you're gone. You're gone. You can't stay in a place like this. I give you six months max. I can tell you for sure. You can't be in a place like this and be flowing in the ministry of the Spirit. You can't. You can't. I doubt even the pastor understands tongues. Of course, like, no interpretation of tongues. Like, understands the subject of tongues in Scripture. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So these are conversations we need to have. You are going there. What church are you going to attend? Do you understand my point? What's your plan for disciples? Okay, let's now say you don't have a church or something. Okay, how are you going to keep in touch with your disciple over here to ensure consistent training? Because the truth is this. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not one of those people that, that's going to try to hold you guys down or anything. If you want to travel outside the country, I'm happy for you. No problem. If, if you believe, if you've prayed about it, God has led you, you can go. You can go. I'm not going to hold you down. Do you understand? But those are conversations I'm going to have with you. What's your plan? What are you going to do? What should I go and, are you going to attend there? We must have trained believers to the point that we can know if you go there, you can start a fellowship. On your own, you can start something. I say this by the grace of God. I can't be anywhere now and not start something. I can't. I've just, it, it's just so easy somehow. Every time I stay in one place, one week, two weeks, three, even if I don't want to say anything, people around me would have noticed that there's something about me that is different. Before you know it, we'll just start from two people. Let's just sit down and learn God's word together. That's it. So we must have trained people to the point where you can say, okay, even if there's no, even if there's no thing, there's no church there, you can attend or anything. Go there, start a walk. But Talufe starts walk. She, the person that is having problems with, is our prayer life. That's person I want to start work. Already gone. If not for Sunday service that will drag you to come, you will forget that there's anything called Holy Ghost. Is that the person that wants to start work? So we need to we need to sit down with ourselves and have conversations. Of the truth, we are doing a lot, but are we doing what really matters? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Are we fighting for new grounds? Because that's ministry. You see, as I said before, if we are not trying to strive for new ground, and you see, there's no middle ground. You are either getting better or you are regressing in the work of ministry. There's no such thing as stagnancy. No. You are either progressing or you are regressing. We are either changing more lives or we are losing lives. That's it. That's it. We are either changing more lives or we are losing lives. And you see, one of the ways you can know that a believer is not growing and he's regressing, of course, is when he has nobody he's responsible for. When he has, that's the reason, for example, why some of you or some folks don't have a prayer life. Or you're not praying as well as you should. You cannot genuinely have people that you are over and not wake up to pray. Ah! You can't. You cannot. You always have a reason to pray with people. Everybody has one thing or the other that they are, they are dealing with. You will always have a reason to pray. You will always. Sometimes you're just praying. You know, I just want this person to go in knowledge of God's word. You're praying Ephesians 1. You know, some other time you're just praying for them. I want them to be strengthened with mind by their spirit in their inner man. You know, you're praying for that. I want them to stand perfect and complete. You know the will of God. You know, you're praying and praying and praying. And that's the reason why sometimes you hear some people say they don't remember the last time they prayed for themselves. It's very true. It's very, very true. Because everything on your mind is these people. Are we together? So when you are responsible for people, chances are you cannot have a lagging devotional life. But as I said before, when you are intentionally responsible for them, because there are also people too. <coughs> sorry, 
There are also people too who, by the way, they can have, they can be over people, but they are just over them. They don't care about them. Do you understand my point? It's just about being able to say, "Oh, I have so many people." Do you understand my point? Mm. No. You have to be intentional. As I said, hardness, work, labor. You are laboring over them. Glory to Jesus. First, we're going to talk about discipleship, and you see the extent of discipleship. All right, let's move on. <clears throat> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me show you something very interesting in Acts chapter nineteen. Acts nineteen from verse ten to twenty. I'm just going to read. Uh, okay, no. Let me just. You know, in Acts nineteen and verse twenty, verse twenty, where it says, "So mightily grew the word, and it prevailed in Ephesus." Right? Acts chapter nineteen and verse twenty. Now, do you realize that that place? And I think I talk about. I spoke about this in Kerizuka meeting last year, and I said, "Do you realize that that place, Ephesus, is currently the Selkok in Turkey? Selkok in Turkey, and the." current religion the place in fact currently is 98 percent islamic 98 percent islamic and the remaining two percent is shared by christians and other religions so it's not like the remaining two percent is Niger- is christians it's christians and other religions a place where the bible clearly says the word of god prevailed so mightily grew the word and it's prevailed where bible is in this same that people were casting out their um, idols do you understand? And the instruments of worship, and the bone, and they brought that and they burnt it. The same place where Paul was, this was the same place where Paul casted out um, a demon out of a lady. Do you understand? That was, you know, prophesying about them. Same place. The same Ephesus where they wrote Ephesians 1 to 6. Very sound church. But what happened to them at the end of the day? Currently, 98% Islamic. Because, and why? You must realize this. We and the devil are after the same thing. You too, as you, and that's why when you hear people say, eh, they want to Islamize the country. You too, are you not trying to Christianize the country? Amen? It's just that some people are more loud. Some people are more bold. And some people are more, I mean, disruptive. It means by which they want to do it. Alright? But the reality of it is, we both want the same thing. Which are we not saying we want the gospel to cover the land? Is it not so that everywhere is gospel? That's what we are trying to do now. Amen? That's it. That's what we are trying to do. But you need to realize it. See, you and the devil are after the same thing. And see, there is never a fallow land. It is either the devil is in charge or the gospel is in charge. It's one of the two. There is no middle ground. You can't be on the fence. The, even the fact that you think, and whenever you think you are on the fence, you are for the devil. I remember someone said someone said something when when I was much younger, and I did not understand. It was when I grew older that I began to understand it. He said, "He said you can walk. He said you can walk for the devil without knowing, but you can never walk for God unintentionally. Never, never. You can never walk for God unintentionally. You can walk for the devil unintentionally. You can walk for the devil intentionally, but you can never walk for God unintentionally. No, you can't be you can't be on God's side and say I don't know, I, I don't know. No, no, no." Are we together? It doesn't work like that. No. Alright? So, every land is currently, is always being fought for. Whether by, and it's always being, you know, um, overseen either by the gospel or by the devil. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So, as I said before, we are either spreading or we are shrinking. We are either growing or we are regressing. And that's just what it is. We are either reaching more lives with the gospel or we are not. Hallelujah. And so, you need to ask yourself the honest question. Am I growing or am I regressing? Amen. Am I growing? Am I regressing? In this year, how many people have I brought into the light of the gospel? How many people have I gotten saved in preaching? How many people have I, not just even saved, how many people have I planted in a church? How many people have I planted, all right, in a discipleship atmosphere? 
How many people can say that they've received effectiveness in the gospel because of me? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Those are questions you need to genuinely ask yourself. You're either doing it or you're not. There's no way around it. Yes, that's my point. And, and, and it's not just about bringing someone. It's not, ah, well, this person attends my church. No, that's not it. Is the person a member of your church? You know, there's a very reason somebody attending a church and being a member. Amen? Amen? There's a very clear difference between attending and being a member. It's very different. And being a member is not once for all. It's not eternal salvation. You can be a member today and not a member in the next two weeks. Are we together? Because being a member is that you are actively involved in everything that is done. Do you understand? You are actively involved in prayer, in the training of the world. And that's why there are also churches that don't have members. There are people who are coming. They have an audience, but no members. Are we together? They have an audience, no members. They don't have the culture of the church. When the church itself doesn't have any culture. Are we together, guys? So those are conversations we need to have with ourselves. We are either doing the work or we are not. Are we actually doing the work? Are we training people? Are we changing lives? Are we changing lives? It's not about using bigger venues, using bigger spaces, using finer spaces. No. Are we changing lives? Are we influencing people? Are we training them? Alright? Now, let's move on. You see, (coughs) God's plan for the world has always been for men. God's plan for the world has just because of time. God's plan for the world has always been for men. When you see, from, for example, from Genesis 1, from verse 26, Genesis 1, from verse 26, I'll read to verse 30. He says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. He says, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. He says, And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. He says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Men and female created he them. He says, And God blessed them, and said unto them, Be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth he says and God said behold I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed for you it shall be for meat he says and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life I have given every green herb for meat and it was so hallelujah Glory to Jesus. And you see, one thing I want you to see here is not just God's plan for man, but also how that everything that was created on the earth was created for man. Hallelujah. So, not just was it the fact that in Genesis 1, verse 26, the Bible says, let us create man in our own image and after our own likeness. It's also the fact that everything that was created was created for what? Was created for the sake of man. Alright? So, the trees that, was, that were created, you know, were created for man. And then the animals and livestock that were created, man was made to have dominion over them. Alright? So, the relevance of each of those things are tied to man. So, in fact, we can say that the existence of all creation was for man. That man was the centerpiece or is the centerpiece of the puzzle that makes it all make sense. That's it. That's it. Alright? And so you see, and that's the reason why, or little wonder why, when man sinned, the entirety of creation was affected. When man sinned, the entirety of creation was affected. Look at Romans chapter 8 from verse 18 to 22. Romans chapter 8 from verse 18 to 22. It says, For I reckon that the, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. Romans 8 from verse 18 to 22. He says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. He says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. He says, for the creature was made subject to vanity. He says, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. He says, because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption 
into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so what you see here is that, look at what he says. He says, the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but at the reason of him who subjected the same in hope. Glory to God. So what you realize is that the entirety of creation, the entirety of the world became under the dominion of sin and death. Hallelujah. Because of one man, Adam. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, As by one man sin entered the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Hallelujah. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Everybody stand up on your feet. <clears throat> stand up on your feet. All right. He says, for, for by one man sin entered the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. All right. And so what you see from scripture is that as a reason of the sin of Adam, sin and death came into the world. Sin and death came into the world, all right? And so, you see, therefore, how as a reason of the actions of Adam, or as a reason of the actions of one man, all right, everything in creation was affected. And so, that was why, of course, even God's plan for salvation, that is supposed to have its influence on the entire world, is fundamentally based on men. That's it. And that's why he says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 that the earnest expectation of the creature of creation awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. What is it? He's not talking about your manifestation as by a car or your manifestation as by a house. No. The manifestation he's speaking about is what will happen in the resurrection. And that's why he said there, he said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, he says that, um, let me see it again, Romans 8 and verse 18, I reckon that these sufferings of this present time or this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So, it's this present time we are in and then there's going to be a glory revealed in us. And so that's the context of the expectation of creation for the manifestation of the sons of God. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Have your seat. Have your seat. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't have a seat. Feeling like a problem. You will stand. All right. So, and so why did I say everything I said there? I said everything so, so that you just understand that when we speak about God's plan, therefore, for the earth, God's plan for the earth is fundamentally true men. God's plan for the earth is fundamentally true men. And you see, this conversation. This is one of the primary points that atheists have, by the way. You know, where they say that, which actually is also true, that if really, if really the world is a product of a biological accident, then everything created is equal. Are we together? If nothing was created intentionally, then there is no reason why a man should be higher than a dog. Or why a man should be higher than a cow or why man even is more important than air but you see we can argue what we want intellectually and you see that's the thing so there's some things that we can use our minds to play around but at the end of the day we all know we both know that see at the end of the day man is the most important thing on this earth do you understand it, it even shows in our decisions it shows in the fact that if we were to choose between preserving animals, alright, or killing those animals so that man will survive. We'll kill the animals. Are you with me? Nobody looks at it and says, to be rational, of a truth, we have a lot more people on the earth than, than this animal. Let's leave this animal so it can survive. And let's kill people. No. We all know. So we can, while we can form theology, we can form arguments, you know, try to sound this thing and all, the reality of it is we know that man is the most important of all creation. Are we together, guys? And so you see, all right, that God's plan for the earth is fundamentally men. 
fundamentally men. All right, and even though, as I said before, the entirety of creation fell, you could see the unilaterality of God's conversation with man on the earth, and that's the reason why even after there was a sin on the earth, Genesis chapter three and verse fifteen, what did Jesus, what did God say? He says, "And the seed." Of the woman, he said, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. I will bruise thy head, and you shall bruise his heel. Are we together? Are we together? He says, The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? All right. Mm, okay, okay. I'm trying to rush through because of time. And so, from time to time, as God began to unravel his plan for salvation for all mankind, it became clearer and clearer that God's plan for the earth is actually men. Alright, is actually men. For example, you see in Ezekiel 36 from verse 25 to 27. Ezekiel 36 from verse 25 to 27. It says, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. He says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. So I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my commandments and do them. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. He says, He will give us a new heart and a new spirit, it will put within you. Hallelujah. Now, of course, this was talking about them in the Old Testament. Are we together? And it's what He has done in Christ Jesus. Amen. But then, what I'm just trying to let you see is how that you begin to see more and more as time went on that God's plan for the earth, even in salvation, was for men. Do you understand? It's not even though that plan would have an influence on the entirety of creation, it is fundamentally going to happen through men. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Another example you see, uh, you see Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah 9 from verse 6 to 7. He says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to establish it, to order it with judgment and with justice, and from henceforth even forever. He says, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And you see, even when Jesus came into the world, it was clear for whom he came. When Jesus came into the world, it was clear for whom and it was clear why he came. For example, you see in Matthew chapter 1 from verse 20 to 21. Matthew 1 from verse 20 to 21. He says, you should be writing by the way. Matthew chapter 1 from verse 20 to 21. It says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, says, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So we see clearly why Jesus came. He came for men. And what did he come for men to do? He came to save them from their sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 1 and verse 29 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Praise God. Praise God. John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but, to, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I am come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Hallelujah. He came for men. Say, he came for men. He came for men. He came for me. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And what about men did he come for? He came for the sins of men. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Amen. And what sums this all up is that when Jesus rose from the dead, his instructions were for men. His instructions did not revolve around things. His instructions did not revolve around possessions. You know, Jesus did not rise from the dead and tell us, you know, go and make 
skyscrapers. Go and make large buildings. Go and acquire possessions. You know, go and what's even this this thing? Go and take a hold of the seven mountains. Didn't do that. Amen. Listen, what Jesus did upon his resurrection was tell us to go and find men. Go after men. Hallelujah. You see in Matthew 28 from verse 19, for example, or, you know, from verse 18, he says, All authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He now goes on to say, Go ye therefore and make disciples of every nation. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So even upon the resurrection, Jesus' instruction was for men. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 24. Oh, okay, not yet. We're still going to get there. Praise God. So, what really matters in doing God's work on the earth? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It's men. The fruits of ministry are men. The fruits of ministry are not acquisitions. What you are able to have. The fruits of ministry, in fact, is not how much money you guys can amass. It's men. Hallelujah. Men in God's will. Men in God's plan. That's the, that's the fruit of ministry. That's what makes ministry count. Men, people, lives being changed. That's it. It's all about men. Say it's all about men. It's all about men. Hallelujah. And you see, the resurrection is our message. The resurrection is our message. Look at Mark 16. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. I'll start from verse 9 to verse 16. Please pay attention. Mark 16 from verse 9 to verse 16. Open your Bibles. Mark chapter 16 from verse 9 to verse 16. Mark 16, 9 to 16. He says, Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven, de- seven devils. Now, now, I just want to say this, by the way. Look at how they just said it in person. So, you know, you know, she, you know, after when Jesus was risen early the first day, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast out seven devils. He just said it. Like it was no big deal. No stigma, nothing. Just, it was, uh, like, it's, it's genuinely the way they would like call her. Do you the one that Jesus casted out seven devils, seven devils from, no problem, no stigma, nothing. Are we together? That's a spiritually mature church. Praise God. We must not be scared to say certain things. It's just, I mean, it's unfortunate. Now, a pastor, you have always have to, your head has to be calculating. What are the things I can say or I cannot say in the church? In 1 Corinthians 1, for example, when Paul was going to speak about the things that were wrong in the church, he spoke about the people who told him what was wrong. He says it has been commonly reported to me by the house of this. And he was not scared that ah, if I say it last song, they will all of just excommunicate them in the church. They will not be talking to them anymore. Someone just want to meet them and say, No problem. You don't know how to keep things among yourself. Then they will not even use as the thing. See, people will even find scriptures for ignorance. They will say, um, they say, Are we not are we not brothers in Christ? Just uh, can't we, there are certain things that we must keep among ourselves. We must not bring it out. Just like uh, and so you will quote scriptures to your destruction. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So you must learn. You must learn to have that sense of spiritual maturity in church where we can say certain things and there's no problem. Now we're always scared that if we say something, you should not think it's more than what we want or more than what we expect. It's not so. Hallelujah. Let's continue, anyways. Um, it says. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, and they, when they had heard that he was alive and had seen of her, believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them 
as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and obeyed them with their unbelief and hardness of hearts, because he believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Guys, I don't, I don't know if you see what I see here, but what I see is one of the biggest oxymorons ever. For example, look, look, at, look at where he says he obeyed them. He says, Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and he obeyed them with their own belief and hardness of hearts. Alright? Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And then he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. In the previous verse, what did he just do? He just upbraided them for unbelief and hardness of hearts. And then in the next verse, what happens? Go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. You see, there is no greater explanation for trust than this. You see, another thing you need to learn about the work of ministry is this. And it's one of the things that God is has been training me in recently. You see, it might not always look like you're getting the results, but you are. Hallelujah. Keep speaking the word. And that's what someone here just feels, you know, let him have to say that. Keep speaking the word. You see, it might not look like people are changing, but keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Keep speaking the word. Just keep saying it. Keep saying it. You must believe that the word is potent enough to cause the results that scripture says it will cause. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You must believe that the word is capable of renewing people's minds such that they will not be conformed to this world but they will be transformed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And you see, if you truly believe the word can do it, you keep speaking it. You keep speaking it. Are we together, guys? You keep speaking it. If you really believe that the word can change that person, you keep speaking the word to that person. Again and again. It might not seem like a change is happening, but a change is happening. That's for sure. I can tell you that. A change is happening. Something is getting better among them, about them. There are people that, for example, you just, you know, you're just saying, remember, I mean, this has even been happening recently. I'll just have somebody randomly, randomly. And the funny thing is, oftentimes it happens when maybe I'm feeling a little weary. Alright, somebody just randomly pops up my DM. I think the person just says, I just want to say thank you so much for this one and so someone that you thought. And sometimes it's one someone I thought one time ago. I never I don't even remember when I thought it. Says, you know, thank you so much. I was blessed. This, 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 and this. I say, Are you serious? Hallelujah. God's word works. Hallelujah. It works. It's real. It's changing lives. It still does. So keep speaking the word. See, I keep speaking the word. I keep speaking the word. In season and out of season. Hallelujah. Yeah, this is when you don't feel like preaching the word, though. Let me lie to you. This is when you don't feel anything at all. That is when you feel strong with the teaching anointing. This is when you don't feel anything. You teach it anyways because I believe the word. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. I believe that the word can change lives. The word, the word can change people. And that's what I'm going to stick to. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Praise God. And so, see, he tells them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. But look at what he says, where he says, preach the gospel to every creature. He uses the phrase, the gospel, a definite article. The gospel. You see, the gospel is a specific message. The gospel is not just any message. The gospel, you know, say what's the gospel? It's good news. Good news. It's, a, it's, every, it's good news. Just spreading good news everywhere to make everybody happy. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is specific. There was a context of their conversation. He upbraided them for their hardness of heart and unbelief because they did not believe those who said he was risen. 
He now says, go now and preach the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news of my resurrection. Do you understand my point? You know, um, Caruso Bible Conference next year is going to be themed on the gospel. We're going to explain the gospel. We're going to look at very interesting conversations around the gospel, by the way. But my point is this, is that it's a specific message. A specific message of the resurrection. Are we together, guys? That's what it is. That's what the gospel is. It's the resurrection. It's not that, you know, um, come to Jesus, he's, so, he's some nice guy. See, there were a lot of good things about Jesus that happened on the earth. But the only good thing that saves a man is that he died and rose again. Hallelujah. You know, Bible says about him, Acts 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good. And he didn't know. So Jesus was a good guy. He did a lot of good. Hallelujah. But the only good that matters when it comes to salvation is death and resurrection. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Say death and resurrection. Say death and resurrection. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So the gospel is simple. Alright. The death, burial, and resurrection. A lot of good things Jesus did when he was on the earth. In fact, when a man comes around Christ or comes around Jesus, he can have a lot of good things. He can be healed in his body. He can receive a miracle. Hallelujah. He can receive burdens in his heart lifted. His heart can be bound together. Glory to Jesus. But only one thing saves a man. Believing in the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 1 to 4. 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 1 to 4. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel I preached unto you, which also you have received, wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in remembrance that which I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. It says, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Alright, so the word of the gospel, or the gospel is death, burial, and resurrection. Romans 10 from verse 8 to 9. Romans 10 from verse 8 to 9. It says, but what saith it? It says, the word is nigh thee, even in thy heart, even in thy heart and in thy mouth. It says, that is the word of faith which we preach. It says, if you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I say, hey, hey, where in that place did he say death and resurrection? Death, burial, and resurrection. He says, confess the, in your mouth the Lord Jesus. Even though people read that if you confess, and somehow they believe the confess has to do with sins. There. So you see, steps to salvation. You see, accept you're a sinner. Like as though he's not known before. But anyways, I shall accept. Accept you're a sinner. After I accept you're a sinner, believe in Jesus. No, no. You have to believe in Jesus. You confess, confess your sins. After you confess your sins, believe in Jesus. After I believe in Jesus, don't do it again. Are we? Then after you don't do it again, pray for the Holy Ghost. After you pray for the Holy Ghost, which other one? Sanctific. You've been in those circles. You can't tell. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But look at what he says. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, what are you confessing with your mouth? The Lord Jesus. And it's not that he says the Lord Jesus or confess Jesus is Lord. You know, that thing you do at the, at the end of church advertisement. She will do her own Jesus is Lord. Then I show you a picture of me like this. <laughs> no, no, no. You see, the Lordship of Jesus is seen in his resurrection from the dead. First thing you need to realize is these two things, these two sentences are the same conversation. A man who confesses with his mouth the Lord Jesus is one that believes in his heart that he was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Because, for example, you see from Philippians chapter 2, from verse 9, where he says, For God has highly exalted him, giving him a name that is above every other name. All right? And what is that name? The name is not Jesus. It's not Jesus. He had, the name, he had that name before he rose from the dead. 
Are we together? So if God highly exalted him and gave him a name above every other name, it can't have been the name he had before the resurrection. Are we together? Are we together, guys? Let me say that again so that I don't confuse you. Once again, when he says, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name above every other name, it means he gave him a name which was not a name he had before the resurrection. It was a name he received after exaltation. Does that make sense, guys? All right? So it cannot be the name Jesus. Amen? It cannot be. All right? So he says, um, so what is that name he gave him? The word name is just the issue, as I said, it's um, it's the issue with context and reader relevance. I've always told you guys before that when you use words, you must understand what a word means in that context. Are we together? And not just in the context of the verse, in the context of their culture. Are we together, guys? So the word name is actually the word in the Greek that means onoma, which means authority. Are we together, guys? Authority. Or for example, it's also the way we use name today, but in a different way. For example, when you say, um, we are here... In the name of the president. What it means really is we are here because the president sent us. Are we together? We are here based on his authority. And anything we say here is representing what the president would have said. And it carries as much effectiveness. Do you understand my point? Are we together, guys? Exactly. Exactly. And so when you see, when he says that God has given him a name above every other name. So when he says, at the name of Jesus... Back to verse 10. Thank you very much. At the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is not the name of Jesus. But rather, the authority received on the resurrection. Are we together, guys? That at the authority of Jesus, every knee should bow. And every tongue should confess. And everything should bow of, of things under the earth, of things in heaven, of things on the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord. What does Lord mean? Is the master above all. Do you understand? And when did that happen? Upon the resurrection. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So the lordship of Christ is what we see upon the resurrection. Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts 2. Acts 2. Read from verse 32 to 36. Acts 2 from verse 32 to 36. Acts 2 from verse 32 to 36. It says, This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. It says, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. He says, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he said himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. He says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Can you see that? So, he has made the Jesus you crucified. He has made him Lord and Christ. So, he wasn't Lord and Christ before. Are we together? He, that's not who he was before. It was in the resurrection. Because the word Christ, and this is something you need to, well, I think we're going to talk about it when we, exp, when we examine the gospel. Culturally, culturally, Pontius Pilate, was it Pontius Pilate now? Ah, I've forgotten where exactly. Either Pontius Pilate or Julius Caesar was called the Christ. Because the Christ is not a Christian word. It's not a Christian word. The Christ is actually a word that means the anointed one or the chosen one or the Messiah. It was usually used to refer to a prince. Royalty. Are we together? Do you understand? That's even the reason why, I'm just going to say this in passing, we'll explore it more in Carizo Bible Conference. The meaning of the gospel is actually not good news. It's actually not good news. The meaning of the gospel is the message of a the message of a kingdom or the proclamation of the message of a kingdom. Because if you say the gospel is good news, the gospel is only good news to the people who believe it. 
So a man who is perishing, the gospel is not good news. The gospel is damnation. Do you realize? Because part of the gospel is if you don't believe it, you go to hell. So how is that good news? It's not good news. It's only good news to anybody who hears it and believes it. And that's why, you know, when um, when uh, Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians 1, he says the gospel to them who do not believe, he says um, it's foolishness to those who are perishing. He says, but to us it is the word, it's the power of God. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Um, uh, um, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it's the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. Right to the Jew first and then to the Greek. Right, it says, "For therein is power, um, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith." All right, as it is written, "The just shall live by faith." Hallelujah. So the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. How? In the fact that because God is just, you receive it, you are saved. You don't receive it, you die. Do you understand? That's God's righteousness. God's righteousness is simple: is that He's not partial to anybody. Are we together, guys? Whether to the Jew or to the Greek. So to the Jew. Just as, so, and that's the reason why the Jew do not have the upper hand to the Greek. That's the whole point of the book of Romans. Don't forget, to the Greeks in Romans 1, they don't, they don't have an excuse. The invisible sins of the world made it clear that there is a God. So if they decide not to believe in the God, there is no, there is no um, this thing for them. Romans 2, the Jews too, are they, you know, like, he's trying to say, are the Jews any better? No. Because he says, you, you have the law. You have everything. If you still do not now do the right thing, you are fault. Then in Romans 3, he now says, he now brings everybody together. He says, can you see? The Jews have sinned according to the law, the Greek without the law. Then he brings everybody and says, see, the righteousness is, he now says in Romans 3, verse 21, that the righteousness of God is revealed by faith. So now, if that one, you don't receive it, there is no explanation. You you are not, there is no excuse for you. Amen? So that's the righteousness of God, really, that is revealed. In the fact that God is just, he has given, he, do, he doesn't, he's not partial towards the Jews and not partial to the Greeks. Do you understand my point? He is free to all. And his righteousness is this, he has given you the gospel. Accept it, you are saved. Don't accept it, you are not saved. That's all. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's why we now say this phrase, God is righteous in making me righteous. Because have you ever wondered, what is the righteousness of God? Who will make God righteous? Our righteousness is understood because our righteousness is in the fact that before God, we are seen in a certain way. But who makes God righteous? No. God's righteousness is in the fact that he is just. He is not partial. Do you understand? He gives to every man what each man deserves. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So that's the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God that is revealed in the gospel is in the fact that he is not partial. He has made a clear leveled ground by which everybody can be judged. So now, if you go to hell, it's not because anybody was after you. It's because you decided not to, not to receive salvation. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Very good. Very good. Now, what even brought me here? I was talking about the resurrection. That God has made him both Lord and Christ. And I think I was talking about Christ. How Pontius Pilate was first as a Christ. <laughs> it's the Lord's teaching. That's by the way. Alright, but let's come back. The point I'm trying to explain is the fact that, so when you talk about the Lordship of Jesus, he's talking about his resurrection. Amen. So when a man believes in the Lordship of Jesus, the man believes in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? And that's how a man is saved. Glory to Jesus. So say the gospel. The gospel is the message of the resurrection. Say it like you're not hungry, even if you are. Say the gospel... The gospel is the message of the resurrection. Are you allowed to? So that means you are hungry. Wow, that's yeah. That's nice to know. Congrats. It just it lets us know that it lets us know you are human. It's human to be hungry. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah. Ah. <laughs> All right. So it's the gospel is clear and simple. All right. It is the message of the gospel. You see, no other message is well rounded to cater for all of man's needs like the gospel. 
no other message. You see, because if, if the message is that Jesus came to the world to make men rich, then what happens to those who are rich? They don't need him. They don't need the gospel then. Jesus came to the world so that you won't be sick. Folks like me will most likely not receive the gospel because I hardly ever fall sick. Well, that might be because of divine healing. But anyways, <laughs> just, uh, there are people who just don't really fall sick. Amen. Glory to Jesus. So at the end of the day, Jesus did not come to this world to give you love. Some people just easily have a way of finding love. As mothers do. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh God, hallelujah. Praise God, you know. <laughs> so when you look at their love lives, you just you see these trials and tribulation. <laughs> you know, just, and there's some mothers are just so lucky. First love, you see. And I saw it, I think I say I think it's a meme, say, say some other people, you know. First love, in fact, the crush that he had from secondary school, guys, they find a way to meet themselves, fall in love, get into a relationship, and that's basically they get married to have children, and that's all bliss. But some other people, that their love life is like this. <laughs> Just and then at one point, you find out that you even dated somebody who was the cousin of one of your exes. You've dated the entirety of Lagos. <laughs> as, a, as a Lagos data, you know, the Lagos. And apparently, this thing is actually a thing. Because I realized that apparently, because I, I hear people say funny things like everybody's dating themselves in Lagos. Which is quite ironic because I don't think, like, I don't even know anybody. But apparently, it's true. Because you actually find people who, they would, like, be dating somebody and say, ah, she was a date guy. I was a date there. Ah, wow. That's amazing. Well, I mean, the grace of God brings salvation appears to all men. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I want to believe that such is not happening among us. And it's never, it can never happen, no? As long as I'm still the one here. Maybe, I don't know, maybe when you, I don't know. But, but as long as we are still here, it's not possible. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm rushing now because there's still so much to touch and we don't have so much time. Alright. So, next up. You see, having seen that God's plan for the earth is for men. The next thing we now also need to look at is how does God want that plan on the earth to happen? How does God want that plan on the earth to happen? And let me first start from this. You must realize this, that God will always use men for men. God will always use men for men. And I just, I feel a leading to say it in this direction. See, (laughs) God will always use men for you. So if you want to receive from God, learn to honor the men he has chosen. God will always use men for you. God will not do for you something he would do outside men. He will always use men for you. So if you are like Samuel and God wants to teach you how to hear from him, he will use a lie. Amen. He will use a lie. Why did the angel not speak to Samuel at the, during a period when Eli was not close by? And that Samuel wouldn't have thought it was Eli. Amen. Amen. He could have spoken to him at the point when Eli was far. And if Samuel had heard the voice, Samuel would not have guessed that it was Eli's own. Samuel would have probably thought he was running out of his mind. Why was it important that the angel had to speak to Samuel when Eli was close by? Close enough for Samuel to have thought the moment he heard his name, it was Eli that called him. Why? Simple. It's because he knew that there was something that Samuel needed to learn that Eli had. Hallelujah. God will always use men for men. Every single time. And so a man who knows how to receive from God is a man that knows how to receive from men. That's it. Wisdom in receiving from God is wisdom in receiving from men. 
You must know how to receive from men. And this is the reason why I see offenses must not hold you too much. You must know how to look away from things quickly. If not, if you always hold on to things, eh, you will never receive from men as well as you should. Because men are imperfect. That's it. Humans are always imperfect. So you must know how to always look away so you can receive what matters. That's it. And that's why Paul was speaking in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. He says, we have this treasure in 18 vessels that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. You see, the proof in fact that it was God that called the man is that the man is fallible. If a man is not fallible, I mean, he's 100% in every way. That's the way you can know. Like, at, in that place, it's not grace. Do you understand? He merited it. He's a 100 on all sides. You see, ah, this one, of course, now, he deserves to be the one that God will call. He's 100 everywhere. But the fact that the man can make a mistake lets you know it's grace. Are we together? That despite, so that's why, why some other people, when they see a man of God fall, you know, that what they see is, ah, now wow, so now so this may be. What you should see as a minister of the gospel when a man falls, first of all, is look at what made him fall and ensure you don't make the same mistake. That's number one. But number two, you must also make it sink into your head that, wow, that means this person, as great as he is, is a man. And God decided to work with him. Because the chances are, if he made a mistake and you know about it, it he made the mistake earlier. Do you understand? He covered it up for a while, then you found out. So meaning, even during the times when he covered it up, not to say that this is good, but even in those times when he, wo- when he was in those mistakes, God was still working with him. Amen? Hallelujah! That's it. See, the earlier you learn it, the better for you. I'm telling you. The earlier you learn this, the better for you. There are certain things that you cannot learn unless, it, unless a man gives it to you. Simple. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. There are certain things you cannot receive unless by the impartation of looking at your hands. So if you want to know how to receive from God, you must be skillful in receiving from men. A spiritual man is a, my pastor would always say that, a spiritual man is a master of relationships. You must know how to relate with men. Say, I'm called of God, I don't need any man. You don't know anything. How will you even validate God's call upon your life? By men. As I said before, the fruit of ministry is men. The way we know that God called you is that you are raising men effectively. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So the fruit of ministry is men. Men will help you be effective. Your supernatural relationships will be men. 70% of you fulfilling God's plan for your life is relationships. 70%. I've told you before, the start of this ministry was because of a friend of mine. Simply because of a friend of mine. A simple instruction he gave. Just one simple instruction. And that's how Kerezo ministry started. That's simple. A lot of the major moves we've taken as a ministry were confirmed by relationships around me. Confirmed by relationships around me telling you. A lot of times there are things that God will lay in my heart to do in the ministry and one of you will just reach out to me and say, sir, this, this and this. I saw this vision. I saw this. I was led in my heart to say this and so on and so forth. Simple. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. That's it. That's how leading happened. In fact, I'm going to tell you something very funny. I was having a leading in my heart about Caruso Camp meeting this year. Something that I was, I was going to do, but it's usually not like me to do that kind of thing. It's usually not like me, sorry, to do that kind of thing. So I was, I was dragging in my heart whether or not to do it. On Thursday, I was in church on Wednesday. I was in church. Last time I was in church was last week Wednesday because I had to travel. So the last time I was church was last week Wednesday. And so one of the pastors just saw me and just walked towards me and just said exactly what it was. And when when he said it, I thought I didn't hear him. So I said, "Sir, <laughs> that was how direct it was." I thought I thought I my brain made me hear what I wanted to hear. So I said, "Sir," and then he said the exact thing. And it didn't occur to me that that was what it was because my mind was entirely on. So I said. Uh, and then, and then I just said, you know what, I'm going to pray about it. And as I was going, it just occurred to me that this is it. This is exactly what it is. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. God will always use... So listen, you must, your heart must be open to receive from every possible channel. 
Are we together, guys? So be skillful. Don't let your word man cause havoc to you. So now, the only set of people that can bless you are men who are sound in Greek and Hebrew. You will kill yourself. Hallelujah. You will kill yourself. That's the truth. You will kill yourself. God will always use men for you. Every single time. God will use men for you. And so, your heart must be open at every point in time. Any possible way. Isn't it not beautiful that despite the fact that Jesus was God as a man, he needed that John would baptize him so that he could announce him to the world. Amen. Jesus would have said, ah, I mean, I'm God on earth now. If I want to tear open the heavens so that God will speak, I don't need to make you baptize me. Just do it, do something. No. It was there that Paul, sorry, it was there that who? That John the Baptist would baptize him. And when John the Baptist wants to do it, he says, please, let, let us do it. All right? So that we we'll fulfill all righteousness. Which, by the way, people say fulfill all righteousness like... It's, it's totally opposite to what people say. People say fulfill all righteousness. Like, Let's just do it, fulfill all righteousness. When Jesus said it, Jesus actually said it as it is important. Do you understand? Like, we have to fulfill all righteousness. What actually meant in context was we have to fulfill the prophecies of the, of the Old Testament. Do you understand my point? Let it be done so that we we'll fulfill those prophecies. But when, when we say it today, we say it like, I just want to do it to just fulfill all righteousness. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Paul, as much as the grace of God upon his life was, Ananias laid hands on him. And this is what you need to understand. Sometimes people that God will use for you might not be necessarily people that you see as the older ones in the faith. Are we together? Sometimes it's just a random person that just walks up to you. It's random. It tells you something. Of course, it's not now that you know any word that they give you. Somebody that you don't know before in white gown, Sutana, comes to meet you and says that God says you should sow like 5K. Is this thing that he wants to do her for sure or something? Like the spirit of living God and you too with your Holy Ghost and tongues and interpretation that we're always teaching you. You will not do that for sure anyone here. He laid that with the Lord, don't do man of God. Kill or don't do you know, that's the problem. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. But you see, you must learn to be open to the flow of the spirit. Anything is possible. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Anything is possible. Because listen, when it comes, when the anointing is involved, even if you're a donkey, you prophesy. If, that, that's the thing. Sometimes God needs to say something to you, but you are too deaf. You are not listening where you are supposed to hear from. So He directs you in another way. I've told you before, there was a particular teaching I was preparing for. It's not even this thing. When I was preparing for believer and wealth, believer and wealth, there's a particular minister that I had not really heard in a long time. I had not heard him in a long time. And there was something that God was trying to hammer on my head. But He said, sometimes we don't used to say, hear, hear some things because we don't want to hear it. It's too serious. There are sometimes, for example, when I was preparing for this teaching, and I could already tell that a large part of it was going to be corrections, there were some things I did not want to say. And then all of a sudden, in the meeting I was in, the exact same things were said, clearly and in details. I said, I'm sorry, sir. I'll do it. Hallelujah. And so, in that, that particular teaching, as I was preparing for the meeting, it's so funny because, number one, when I'm even preparing my notes, folks that know me know, I always, it's like I'm fighting. My face is always straight. You will know that, you will know that I'm preparing my notes. You will know. Just that. And so, I just, it was so weird. I just felt like going to YouTube. I never, those kind of things, you just know that it's a leading. And I don't know how to explain it because it's, me normally will not do it. So, I don't know how to explain it. But I just went on YouTube and then I clicked on a video. It was a salmon video, by the way, Shah. So, maybe, I just clicked on the salmon. And the funny thing is, the title of the salmon was an admonition to young ministers. So, I would have never even known that it had anything to do with money. And as I clicked on it, it was exactly the same thing I was preparing my note on. Exactly the same thing. And the person was giving a counsel and an admonition to young ministers about money and stuff like that. And it was the exact same correction God was trying to make me say. And I proposed that I would not say. As I watched the video like this, I said, I'm sorry. I will say it, sir. I'm going to say it. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. So you must be open to receive. And that's the thing. The moment your heart is open to receive in any channel, it's always going to come. Hallelujah. Directions will come from different ways, from different places. The moment you open up your heart to receive in any way. Times, sometimes directions can come via an Instagram post. A particular kind of post will just keep coming up again and again and again. Sometimes it's a specific post on prayer. You will see it one time, you see it another time, you see it another time. Different places. You just know that God wants you to pray. Are we together? That's it. Sometimes it's conversations. You just begin, you'll be having random conversations with different people and it's always returning around to the same thing. Every time the same thing. That's how to be intelligent with the flow of the spirit too. It's not every time it's Holy Ghost meeting. Sometimes it's discussions. Are we together? Sometimes it's just discussions. People are just saying something in a particular direction. Talk to you in a particular direction. Talk to you in a particular direction. Better hear. Hear what? Do it. Amen? Hallelujah. For someone here, for someone here like that, you've been having discussions with people lately and it's a particular business that has been recurring again and again and again and again. And you think is um, this thing is a mistake. Just, uh, just, we are just talking about it. No. God is pointing your direction to something. Amen? He's pointing your direction to something. Don't let it go. Put it down. Even if you don't start now, just put it down. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Particularly if you talk to someone like me, few people know this. I want to believe quite a number of people know it. But I actually like operate in words of knowledge a lot. A whole lot. And so there are times when, I mean, some of you have had that encounter with me. I'm having discussions with you and I'm telling you things that are happening with you. But I don't say to you like, I know. I say to you like we're having a discussion normally. Just like I don't say it with you normally because that's also skill with the things of the Spirit. It's not every time you have to say this thing. Just like Jesus, you say, go and call your husband for me when you already know that she's not with her husband. Do you understand my point? So sometimes you know, but you just ask. Uh-huh. You know, but you ask. Then the person now starts saying, ah, sir, I don't even know. I know why I asked. There's a reason why I don't ask any other question and I ask that one first. Do you get, I mean, there's a, there are myriads of questions I could have asked you. Why did I ask that one? Why did I ask that guy, have you prayed? There is a reason. There's something I saw. There are, there are a lot of questions I can ask you now. Do you get my point? So when you so also when you're also in atmospheres like that, where you are talking to people that you respect or you revere, pay attention to the way their discussions are going. Do you get? There's sometimes there are some things that are too direct, you don't want to say it. Do you understand? So that people don't get their guards up and shut out. So you just discuss it normally. Just, just say it. But a, a wise person will pay attention. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you for listening. We're sure that it was an amazing time. For questions and inquiries, reach out to us on carisol.mini at gmail.com. We call you blessed.